with our tithe and offering and uh, continue in worship uh, with our giving. Uh, there's some uh, instructions for how you can be involved in that on the screen behind me. So there's just a number of ways that you can go about doing that, writing a check, go online. Uh, I had somebody tell me today they, they got a brand new job and they said they can't wait to uh, first thing, start to honor God and make it automatic. And that's a great way to do it. And I want to encourage you to do that. I want to share an idea uh, as we move into this. It's one of my favorite scriptures because it's one of my favorite concepts. Uh, Luke 6 verse 38 says, give and it will be given to you. And I think for most of us, the natural inclination is to turn that around and wait until things are given to us before we start giving. So in other words, we want people to be friendly to us rather than us be friendly first. And we want people to forgive us rather than us forgive first. And so the idea that you have uh, a divinely given authority to initiate change in your life is a really powerful idea. Give and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. As you journey on in life, uh, this idea is applicable to every place that we're in. And I heard somebody uh, give a phrasing to this the other day that I thought was so good. They were talking about be the first domino. You know, you ever seen those domino things that it just spreads all around? And uh, it all starts with the first domino. And you have the ability to not just be a reactor in life, but to actually be an initiator in life. So when, when you're the first domino in life, you initiate friendship. Amen. I know second service is just going to be all over this, but when, you, when, you're, when, you, when you're the first domino, you initiate love, right? Instead of just folding your arms saying, they just don't, he just don't treat me right. When you're the first domino, you initiate communication. How many times have you sat back and waited, when are they going to call me? When are they going to text me? When are... You go first. You be the first domino, right? When you're the first domino, you initiate opportunity for other people. You initiate connections. And I think when, when it comes to our financial resources, uh, this principle applies so strongly. I think a lot of people are waiting to get something that they've got imagined in their head before they become a giver. Life gives to the giver, but takes from the taker. And we're all creating our life, but whether we choose to be first domino or last domino, God created you to live a blessed life. Do you believe that? And amen, he, he did. And, and I just think there's this divine cycle of, of giving, receiving, give, and it'll be given to you, bless and you'll be blessed that is so powerful. So I want to encourage you today, let's worship the Lord. Let's honor the Lord with our tithe, with our offering today. Our team is going to lead us in worship. Uh, you can remain seated for a few moments, and then they're going to let us know when we can stand together and worship. Ushers, come on forward. Let's receive tithe and offering.
Let's stand. You didn't want heaven without us. So, Jesus, you brought heaven down. My sin was great, your love was greater. What could
Hey, yeah, before I get dive into my message uh, this morning, just a couple things. Uh, one is uh, I just want to invite everybody to uh, consider being part of a small group in the new semester that we've got coming up starting next week. Uh, we have had kind of an approach to small groups in the past. We call them rock groups, um, where we have uh, had them at different times, semesters of rock groups, and then we'd have times where there'd be uh, none really happening. And uh, we're making a bit of a change to that. So every, uh, every quarter, every three months, we're going to be starting a new semester, but we're going to always have rock groups going on uh, for the foreseeable future uh, until we decide that's not working anymore. Then we'll try something else. Some way to get you to connect with the right people. Because one of the values that we have as a church uh, that is so, 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 so important is that relationships matter a lot. And the people that you hang around are either going to take you higher, they're going to bring you down. They're going to be an elevator up or an elevator down. And I would say over all the years, decades, that uh, I've had the opportunity to, to lead and preach and minister, I, I would say relationships matter almost more than anything. I'm a big believer in read your Bible every day, pray every day, have a devotional life, and be in church, and all those things are important. But if you hang around with the wrong people, if you hang around with dogs, you will get fleas. And uh, if you hang around with eagles, you can learn how to soar. So I just want to encourage uh, everybody that's here to find a way to get connected. And these rock groups help give an opportunity for that. You can get information about them uh, out at the Next Steps table. You could go online. You could ask anybody out in the foyer who looks like they know what they're doing uh, with some kind of tag of some sort to help you find out about a rock group that's coming up. You may want to lead a rock group. You may be part of our church and say, yeah, I, I want to be a part of that. I want to initiate. I want to be the first domino uh, in creating some relationships, and uh, we'd love to see that happen. Also, a new thing that we're going to add uh, in the next month is Alpha groups, small groups. So Alpha is a ministry that was, is birthed out of a great, great church and ministry in England, and uh, just a great setting for new believers. And every week we have people responding to Christ or coming back to Christ. And we just want to find a way for you to get connected and kind of get some foundational things going. So uh, starting on the 14th of March, that's a couple of Wednesdays from now, uh, every Wednesday night in the family room, uh, we have a bunch of people involved in this, and we're going to be going through Alpha together. So if you're a newer believer or you feel like, yeah, I could just, I could do a little more, I could learn a little more, this would be a great opportunity for you. Amen. Hey, let me just say this. Um, last week, Suzette and I had the great opportunity to preach for Pastor Witt and Rassi uh, in Greensboro, the church on 68, a church that we planted uh, 18 years ago. And just so you know, uh, it is flourishing. It is doing great. They are reaching people. And it's just so fun to be there and watch one of my spiritual sons just do great for the glory of God. So thank you for allowing us the opportunity to be out and make that happen. Today I want to move uh, back into the book of Hebrews. I'm going to talk about 
better. Uh, better number 16, if you're keeping count. It doesn't matter. You don't need to know what count it is. I barely know what count it is. I have to look back and see what the last one was. But today I want to talk about something that I think is, is super important. And I've really prayed for a, kind of a spirit of revelation uh, to be with us today. And I want to talk about foundations for new levels. And I'll actually be a few weeks on this idea. Foundations for new levels. And we're in Hebrews 6. Now, I, I want to remind us, those of that, you that have been around, you know uh, the idea that uh, the, the writer of Hebrews has been addressing the whole idea of um, immature, moving to maturity, of inability to hear uh, some ideas, moving to ability to hear, and this whole concept of just of growing up in faith and moving forward in what God has for our life. And so that's the context that Hebrews 6 starts off with. So I want to read a couple verses and dive into some ideas that I think are very, very helpful. Hebrews 6, verse 1, Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of instruction about washings and laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. Anybody shouting yet? No, okay. Uh, and this we will do if God permits. I love the idea that the Bible is encouraging us to press on to maturity, uh, to not just stay stagnant, not just stay status quo, but keep pressing on, keep moving on. The way to move from immaturity to maturity is to have something in your spirit that says, I'm going to press on. I'm going to move forward. In other words, it's not just getting information. There's got to be some kind of divine initiative, some kind of heart choice in all of us that says, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to press in. I'm going to press on. I'm going to go higher. I'm going to reach for something that I don't yet have. And that, that's a powerful thing. It's a great attitude to have in life. I will constantly press on. The Bible is always urging us to press on. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul writes this, verse 12 through 14. Not that I have already obtained or have already become perfect, but I press on in order that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself. Now, you got to understand, this is a guy who is impacting the world. This is a guy who has spiritual authority out the wazoo. This is a guy who has accomplished more than most of us could ever dream of accomplishing already by this point, right? And so he's got this inner drive, this born of the Holy Spirit drive inside of him. He's saying, I don't regard myself as laying hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on. Everybody say press on. I press on toward the goal for the prize always of the upward call of God in Christ 
Jesus. What a powerful thing to have this attitude in life that no matter where I'm at in my life, if I'm doing great, I'm going to press on. If I've just fallen, I'm going to get up and press on. Uh, if, I, if I'm stuck in mediocrity, I'm going to keep pressing on. I think this whole concept of perseverance is a really powerful thing. Uh, obviously, in our region, we've all been aware of Billy Graham just uh, going to heaven and being with the Lord, and, and as it's been recounted, his ministry and his faithfulness, his integrity, his life. But one of the things that I think is so powerful about him is the idea that he just, he just never settled. Like, I mean, this guy had a whole lifetime of pressing in and it, trying innovative ideas and reaching and holding crusades, and he never, let, he, he never let it stop. He never got to a point where he said, I think I'm just going to coast it out now. I think I've done well enough. It's been okay. But he just keep, kept on pressing on. And I, I'm here to encourage you today just to have that same attitude in you that says, I will not quit. Even though I feel like quitting sometimes, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep on keeping on. Perseverance is a powerful thing. Perseverance can make so much difference in your life. And if at first you don't succeed, you're normal. <laughs> right? It, it's it's the person who's, who just says, you know what, no matter what has happened, no matter what anybody's done to me, no matter how much I've messed up, no matter how well I'm doing, I'm just going to keep getting back up again, and I'm going to keep going for it. I think sometimes we, we look at people who seem to have everything going for them. They seem to be doing possibly better than we perceive ourselves as doing. Now you realize if you're getting your perspective about how somebody's doing by their Facebook or their Instagram post, that's just the polished highlight reel of their life. So don't believe that that is everything that's going on in their world. But I think sometimes it's easy to look at somebody who's doing what we would perceive as better than ourselves, and think, oh, that's because they have it easier than me. And I just want you to know that anybody who's doing anything in life is processing a lot of pain. They, they are, they, they're not, they don't just wake up every day feeling great. They don't, you know, they're not, they're not just always on top of the world with their attitude or the way they feel about things or their, even their self-image. They're, they're having to get up every day and go, you know what, this is another day. I'm going to go after it. I'm going to rise up. God's going to help me. The grace of God is on me. I'm just going to keep moving forward. Press on. That's what the Bible says. Come on, let's, let's press on. Just keep getting back up again. I, I, like, I like this idea. I'm either up or I'm getting back up. <laughs> right? Some days I'm up and I feel strong, and some days I don't feel so strong, but you know what? I'm getting back up again. Proverbs 25, uh, 24, verse 16 says this, A righteous man falls seven times 
but then he rises again. Thomas Edison, we all know him as such a prolific uh, inventor. He's the guy that invented light bulbs uh, and that we utilize so much today. And you've heard it before, but 10,000 efforts, 10,000 attempts to try to create a light bulb. Oops, didn't work. Oops, didn't work. Oops, didn't work. You mean to say that 9,999 times? But something in him just was a drive to say, I'm just going to try again. I'm just going to press on. I'm going I'm to figure this out. I'm going I'm to press in there. And I, I just want to be here today to encourage you that just because you feel like you haven't arrived where you want to arrive yet, God still has something for your life. I really believe that the difference between excellence and mediocrity is that person who just keeps pressing on. I, I believe the difference between immature and mature is that you just keep getting up and going after it again. You just keep going for it one more time. Mediocrity settles for what life gives it. Excellence says, I'm going to keep pressing on, right? So come on, church, let's keep moving on, right? Let's, let's not get stuck, whatever level you're at, because I know, you know, some of us in this room, we've been believers for decades, and some of us, we've not been believers for that long, but I, whatever level you're at, don't get stuck. Maybe this is part two to Ryan's message from last week about getting unstuck. But I just want to encourage you, don't get stuck. Don't keep living the same life year after year, right? I mean, it's okay to grow. It's okay to love better than you love now. It's okay to serve in a better way. It's okay to disciple other people better than you do now. And you might say, I don't do any of that right now. I'm glad you're here. I want to talk to you. Because you can't think that just coming to this building on Sunday morning is all that Christianity is about. This is a piece of it. This is important for us to gather together to worship, to pray for one another, to, 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 to be inspired and to be brought together. But come on, let's not, let's not stay immature. When you are immature and you're just young and a little bit, then that's okay. But after a while... That's why they make those second grade deaths so little. <laughs> so that you'll graduate. It's okay to keep getting smarter. Keep getting wiser. Keep becoming more discerning. I think whatever we're, whatever we're, we're about today is literally laying the foundation stones for tomorrow. 
And, and I know that uh, all great athletes, to really excel, they keep going back to their fundamentals. Uh, it, you can't escape doing the fundamentals well. Uh, it, I, as you all know, I love golf. And, and I know that whenever somebody gets off in their golf game, a good coach, a good teacher will take them back to, let's check out your grip. Let's check out your stance. Let's check out your alignment. Things that anybody can do, no matter what shape they're in. And even professional golfers, their grip will get off, or their stance will get off, or their alignment will get off. I could preach a message about golf. I think I might. <laughs> but but it, whether it's football or any sport, anybody been watching the Olympics? I have no idea what the fundamentals for curling are, but I'm sure there are some. <laughs> curling is something we never think about until every Winter Olympics. But I'm just saying, you, you don't outgrow fundamentals. You... And, and this is the big idea, or a big idea for today. You just got to keep applying fundamentals to the level that you're at now. Because you understand something about fundamentals at the beginning, but when you start to go take it up a level, now you got to apply your fundamentals to that level. It's the same fundamentals, but it's different now than the way it was before. See, David kept pressing on. He, he fought off the lion and the bear, but he, but he moved on to Goliath. He got some fundamentals down, and he was able to employ that spirit of faith that helped him take Goliath. Gideon moved on from the wine press. He didn't get stuck in this place of insecurity about his family, about himself. Moses moved on from Egyptian captivity. Joshua moved on from just the children of Israel wandering and being in the wilderness. And so I want to take a few weeks and I want to talk about this idea of laying foundations for every new level. Every new level, every new chapter we have to lay these foundations again, but they are understood in the context of this level. It's the same foundation, just reapplied to the season you're in. And you realize, you know, you're in a season now. You, you might be in a season with little bitty children in your house. God bless you. You might be like me, where... All the little bitty children just come over and visit, and we send them home. Yeah. Yes, Lord. Yes. But you are in a season. You are at a level. You know, our church is in a season. Our church is at a, a level. And as, as we follow after Jesus, we're, we're always, the Bible says, that we're always pressing on. We're always reaching for the upward call of God that's in Christ Jesus. We're, we're always stirring ourselves to keep doing that. We're in this perpetual process of growth. Each stage requires us, I think, they're not different fundamentals, but it's a fresh look at those fundamentals. So here's what I want to do today. I, I want to, 
I didn't intend this to cover one of these fundamentals, but it just happened this way. So I want to talk about repentance from dead works as a fundamental for every level of life. Repentance from dead works. Hebrews 6.1, let's go back there. Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works. Repentance is an idea that you would literally change your mind. Uh, A lot of people think of repentance as change your behavior, but the truth is the literal idea of repentance is a concept that you would change your mind. And the change of your mind would result in new behavior because if you're thinking different, you'll behave different. When, when we repent, we, we are getting a new mental model. So we had a model of, uh, you know, whatever, morality or money or relationship or work. And repentance is to say, I'm going to look at this differently than I've looked at it in the past. So the mental model that got you where you are, that got you to this level, is not the same mental model that will take you to the next level. So what got you here won't get you there. Some some kind of shift in thinking, some kind of shift in approach. And I think a lot of people get stuck and keep repeating the same year over and over again because they're holding on to the past. They're holding on to past mental models, unwilling to change their mind. Unwilling to change their approach. Unwilling to change their schedule. Unwilling to change their model. To repent from dead works. So what I want to say is that the next level of you, the new you. The next level is not going to come by you trying harder. It's, you can't take last year's model and try harder with it. You're going to have to get a new thought and a new approach to take it to the next level. I'm going to make you think this morning. Is that okay? Yeah. So I was listening to a podcast. Uh, a fr- Bob Meisner actually turned me on to this guy. And it was, it's just a short podcast. But his, his main point was you can't work enough 
to actually get wealthy. And I, and I don't want to get distracted on wealth, but the concept is applying to every arena of life. He's saying eventually you run out of hours. Eventually you run out of energy. You, you can't just keep putting in more hours when you make 10 bucks an hour. Eventually you run out of hours and time. So to take it to the next level, you have to think differently about life. So the way you use your time, you have to think different. The way you view teamwork, you have to think different. The energy that you have, the money that you have, the, the, the relationships that you have, if, if it's what you've got now has gotten you to this level. But if you want to go to the next level, you got to get a new mental model about how to do this. So you worked really hard to get to where you are, but you can't keep pressing on the gas and stay in first gear. So you can't just keep trying harder. Everybody doing okay with this so far? You can't just keep trying harder with the way you've always done it. Somehow you got to learn how to change gears. Anybody know how to drive a stick shift? <laughs> You're proud of that, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> the only problem with a stick shift is that you can't drink your coffee while you're driving. That's why it's not a, not a good thing, is it? So when, when Suzette and I moved to Asheville and we started our church at the very beginning, we did everything. So we, we, uh, we set up the sound system. We ran the sound system. We led the worship. We did the kids' ministry. We did all the preaching. I did all the financial administration. Of course, when you're bringing in $68 a week, what do you need to do with that, right? <laughs> did all the counseling. But the reason a lot of churches, statistics tell us more than 80%, never make it past 100 people, is they think, I just got to keep doing more of that. Gotta, in other words, I got to keep trying harder that way. And you're pushing the gas, and eventually you run out of gas. You run out of energy. You run out of you know, time. And we, we, had to, we, had to, we had to shift gears and change how we did ministry. So we had to be willing to get a new mental model. Somebody else could do the counseling way better than I could. 
Because my model of counseling is read your Bible, obey it, and pray. That's my counseling. That's the extent of my counseling skills. So that's why you don't even want counseling from me, because I've already told you what I'm going to tell you. So you don't want that. But Suzette and I led worship, and it was anointed. It was. It was awesome, if I say so myself. But it's nowhere near what we have today, because if I didn't give it away, if I didn't give away the responsibility, if I didn't give away the authority, can you hear what I'm saying? Is that the way, the way you're going about it right now, it, it, it only takes you to a certain point. And eventually you're going to have to repent from some dead works. They were works that worked at that level, but at this level they are dead works. And believe me, this never ends. It's not like, it's not like you go, okay, yeah, we made some changes. No, we're still having to make changes. I feel about changes often the way I feel about exercise. I like to have exercised. <laughs> right? I like to have changed. So I would say it would be worthwhile for some of us to do a bit of inventory on our life. And if we are going to repent from dead works, maybe we could look at something that we have just continued to prop up and it's dead. L look for what's dead. Because I discovered that what was alive can often now be dead. And if you're going to repent from dead works, there might, be, there might be a relationship that was great for you, but that relationship is not bringing life to you now. This does not apply to your marriage. Thank you very much. You got to press on there. Come on, somebody say amen. Right? You got to press on there. But I think it's important to constantly evaluate what, what still has life on it. You know, where, are we, where am I having to manufacture energy now? Repent from dead works. Not all, the idea of works has gotten a bad rap. Because, well, I love the, the refresh button that's been pushed on the grace message, and I, I've preached weeks and weeks and weeks on, on grace. Uh, I love it. But it somehow has left some people thinking, all works are bad. But the Bible is pretty clear that there are good works and there are dead works. So there is a difference. Not all, not all works are bad. Some of them are actually good. So Ephesians, let me give you a couple verses. I'll talk about good works for a minute. Ephesians 2.10. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for 
good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Matthew 5, 16, this is Jesus saying, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. John 9, 4, Jesus said this, we must work the works of him who sent me as long as it's day. Night is coming when no one can work. So you got to understand that there are good works, works that are born out of your relationship with God, works that are born out of your gifting that God's put inside of you, works that are in keeping with what you see and hear God saying to you. In other words, you're in this season of cooperation with him. Works that are in keeping with the rhythms of his grace. But I just, I want to say it clearly and I want to say it emphatically. You were created in Christ Jesus for good works. You are not created just to sit around. (laughs) You were created to do something for the kingdom of God. Something that advances the cause of Christ in the earth. There's more to your life than just going to work, paying the bills, cutting the grass, changing the oil in the car. Come on. You were created in Christ Jesus for good works, to make a difference. Good works. But we're supposed to repent from dead works. And we got we to be wise enough, we got to be discerning enough to know there's a difference between dead works and good works. Dead works, the Bible would talk about, and believe me, I could give you dozens of scriptures for both of these ideas. I'm just trying to keep it down to a one hour and 20 minute message, sort of. Dead works are works that we are doing. It's a subtle thing. We want to please God. There's something in us. So it's easy to slip no matter what. If you're just beginning as a believer, even as you go on further in your maturity, you get this thing where you slip into, am I earning God's approval? And somehow we think that by trying harder and harder, we may somehow make it. I love, again, let me refer back to Billy Graham, but what his son said and what he said all through his life, he said, I have no idea why my ministry was as worldwide as it was. It just was the grace of God on my life. And I think this understanding, but yet out of that grace, he worked. (laughs) He went hard after proclaiming the gospel. So, Galatians, a couple verses from Galatians 3, verse 2. This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Galatians 3, 5. So then does he who provides you with the Spirit and works miracles among you, does, does he do it by the works of the law 
trying to earn God's approval or by hearing with faith. For as many, verse 10, as are of the works of the law literally are under a curse. For it's written, curses everyone who does not abide by all the things written in the book of the law to perform them. Wow. It's a subtle thing, but it can happen. Where all of a sudden, some kind of seeking for God's approval by good behavior. There are works that, and I think sometimes we could, we got to trade in a different currency than just trying harder. There's, there's works that we're trying to make something happen. We're trying to gain God's approval. We're trying to get God to do something. And I just want to say, your next level, it's going to take some work, but it's a different kind of work. I think it's easy to get stuck at the level you're at because you think, I just need to do more, get more. And, and this is what I'm praying. I'm praying, Lord, help us all, at least to start the journey, to realize that we got to move from trading in works, dead works, to a spirit of faith which is where I'd hope to get to today, but I will next time. Living from approval, not for approval. Learning to work from your rest rather than resting from your work. Because some people, they're like, I got to take a break. I'm going to kick back. I'm not going to be involved. And that's never going to do you any good at all. Here's my question today. Wherever you're at, whatever level of maturity, whatever level of service, whatever level you're at, could I encourage you to repent from dead works? Quit trying to get God to love you he already does so embrace that love and when that love enters your heart good works flow out of that like a river of life I want to pray with you today I want you to bow your heads please and I want you to close your eyes Father we're all here today with a desire to press on to keep going forward in our relationship with you, in the way that we live, in the way that you would use us in every way, Father. We just say, as a house, we're pressing on, we're moving forward, God, to see, to hear, to do all that you have in your heart. I'm praying for every person in this room, for people who feel stuck at the level they're at, right now. I'm praying, God, that you will turn on some lights, that you will illuminate some hearts, that you will stir a spirit of faith in every one of us, Father, that we will rest in your love, God, and function in the good works that you've given us to do. With your head bowed, 
your eyes closed. I just think a, a move toward Jesus is always a good move. And maybe you're here today, you've never just submitted to his lordship. I'd love to pray with you. Maybe you're here today and you know there was a time in your life where you were closer to God than you are today. This would be a great day for you to come home. Or maybe you just feel unsure about where you really stand with God and you say, Pastor, would you pray with me? Everybody, head bowed, eyes closed. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to come back to him. I want to be sure I'm right with him. Just lift your hand right now and say, that's me. Would you pray for me? All over this room. God bless you. Come on. God bless you. God bless you. Come on. Just right now, honest with God. God bless you. Right where you are, you're to say, God, I, I don't want to be stuck here any longer. I want you in my life. I want you in my world. Is there anybody else that say, yeah, include me in that prayer? Thank you so much. All right, let's pray together. This is for everybody to pray. This is for those who lifted their hand primarily, but I'd love for us all to say these words together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my heart. I open my life to surrender to your love, to your lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned, but I come to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a new beginning, a fresh start as I give my life to you. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Amen.